What Happened to Your Accent is produced by Fat World, the Caribbean Podcast Network. Hey, hey, lost your accent or warm to you? What happened to your accent? 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 Que le pasó a tu acento? Hello, citizens of Africa. I greet you in the name of the Universal Negro Improvement Association and African Communities League of the World. You may ask, what organization is that? It is for me to inform you that the Universal Negro Improvement Association is an organization that seeks to unite into one solid body the 400 million Negroes of the world, to link up the 15 million Negroes of the United States of America with the 20 million Negroes of the West Indies, the 40 million Negroes of South and Central America with the 280 million Negroes of Africa for the purpose of bettering our industrial, commercial, educational, social and political conditions. As you are aware, the world in which we live today is divided into separate race groups and distinct nationalities. Each race and each nationality is endeavoring to work out its own destiny to the exclusion of other races and other nationalities. We hear the cry of England for the Englishman, of France for the Frenchman, of Germany for the German, of Ireland for the Irish, of Palestine for the Jew, of Japan for the Japanese, of China for the Chinese. We of the Universal Negro Movement Association are raising the cry of Africa for the Africans, those at home and those abroad. There are 400 million Africans in the world who have Negro blood coursing through their veins. And we believe that the time has come to unite these 400 million people for the one common purpose of bettering their conditions. <laughs> Uh-oh. Black pawn. Politicians. Voted. Yeah, listen to Let the Beat just ride with you right now. Like a Right, 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 right. We are back. We are back. Yes. What happened to your accent? We make it episode two. Episode two. It's your host, Mansa. I'm here. With shark sauce. All right. Now, listen, this is an exciting moment for us. We're jumping into our second episode, and we're talking about Caribbean Americans and civic engagement. A very important topic. Um, the last... Two wait, week or so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday. Week, Tuesday. Well, by we, the time you hear this, yeah, it's gonna be, be a, a week or weeks. so. You do the math, right? <laughs> right. Do the math, and definitely in New York State and across the country, there were some special elections yes. at the state level. So we thought it would be really great to talk a little bit about civic engagement and what's going on with Caribbeans across the board. It's important to mention that yes, there were state level elections, but also there were a lot of municipal level elections as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i feel as if a lot of people do not put the same energy into voting 
for local election as well as state level election as they do in federal election. And that's, and that's AKA the presidential the election. The presidential one. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So we're going to jump into that. But before we do, we're going to jump into our new segment called Home and Abroad, where we discuss all the things that are going on here in the U.S. Uh, that's pertaining to Caribbeans, of course, as well as things that are going on in our Caribbean nations. All right. So this is our new segment and we're just going to jump right in. Okay, so first, beginning with our New York State election results, we had Farrah Lewis, and in her third election victory in six months, Haitian-American New York State Democratic Council member Farrah Lewis won the New York general elections Tuesday for the 45th Council District in Brooklyn, winning by a massive landslide. All right. So we want to say a big shout-out to her for that. Um, in other news, Jumani Williams, as you guys know, the Grenadian uh, descendant, Caribbean-American, New York City Democratic public advocate, Jumani Williams on Tuesday, won the New York general elections for public advocate by a landslide. So as you guys know before, if you were in, into politics at the state level, you know Jumani had a really tight race last time. Even um, had his competitor throw some dirt or shade on him by trying to release some fo- um, incident that he had with a girlfriend years ago. Really? Yeah, yeah, it got dirty. Are it you- got dirty. Yeah, you know how it is out politicians here. Politicians still doing those things. Yes, all the time. It's part of look what Trump doing. Look what Trump doing with Hunter Biden. Very, but very true. You know, uh, you know that's how the situation goes. Um, and then we want to also just talk about some relief for immigrants. So the Brooklyn District Attorney's DA office has announced a major initiative that could lead to the reduction or removal of criminal convictions for Caribbean and other immigrants who entered into plea agreements and have convictions for nonviolent offenses that subject them to deportation. And this is according to the Brooklyn-based Caribbean Ghana Institute for Democracy. Wow. Um, So that's, yeah, that's really interesting stuff. So, you know, good to know that they're doing something about that here in New York State. We do know on the federal level what's been going on across the country, across the country, you know, with that. So this is uh, an important thing to, to just note. Big cannabis changes in Barbados. Not only is Barbados well on its way to legislation of cannabis for medical purposes, but the island's Rastafarian community will be able to lawfully use the herb in their religious sacrament. Please insert foghorns and lighters sounds right there, okay? Right, that's up. At the time, the government used its 29 to 1 majority to pass the Medical Cannabis Industry Bill 2019 in the lower chamber of parliament. Attorney General Dale Marshall announced that Rastafarians would soon be able to use cannabis as a part of their right without fear adding that the draft of the bill supporting the Rastafarian ritual will be available within weeks. That's that's big. That's major that's and major. very exciting, very progressive. Yeah, Bar- Yo, Barbados is doing a lot of progressive things. Um, Got to give a big shout out to the country for this move. It's even hard, you know, it's hard to get something like this going in here in the U.S. Yes. So to see them moving on that and other Caribbean nations should be taking a look at this for sure. I think we'll we'll see um, further progression once one island starts to do it. Mm-hmm. it there tends to be a ripple effect, uh, sure. just like here in the states. Once yeah. you have one or two states pass a, a bill, mm-hmm. then next thing you know, 
federal gets it and it's all over the place and right. even at a lower level so when you take smaller policies going back to some using something like tobacco control right, right. once one county or one municipality passed it and then it just spread it out it, right. it, it creates this groundswell yeah. of activity for sure So next, Trump extends TPS for Haitians. The Trump administration extended temporary protected status for over 500,000 undocumented Haitians living in the U.S. So the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, announced a federal registry register notice on November 1st, extending the validity of TPS-related documentation for beneficiaries under the TPS designations, not only to Haiti, but also El Salvador, Honduras, Nepal, Nicaragua and Sudan and this is going to be happening through January 4th 2021 so I mean that's really huge yeah um, I know this was a big issue about a year back we didn't know if this was going to get extended um, and I'm really surprised to say the least that this <laughs> is going to that this happened but it's a really good thing I, I am surprised but I'm not because it's very indicative of how Trump's entire presidency has been. He makes these radical statements. He says and does these outrageous things. And somewhere down the line, he either reneges or retracts or he he does something to counter. Honestly, watching the news has become equivalent to watching a very long, unnerving episode of Scandal. Yeah. No shade to Scandal. <laughs> uh, yes, please. Let's not put Scandal <laughs> it, in the It was a great sentence. show, right? Shout right. out to Sean. Sean but it's Sean a drama. Right. Not real life. And right. this has now become our real life, which is mm -hmm. very sad and unfortunate. Um, but we've seen him do this with other things. So I'm not really shocked. And for me, he just... It seems like he does things for shock effect. Yeah, well, I, I am. And I think the reason why is what we've seen him do with things down at the border. No, that's just outrageous, right. inhumane, and disgusting. So you, this is why I was saying to myself, this is not a far cry of the uh, Trump administration to be able to do something like send some Haitians back. That's in their head. We're going to send some Haitians back. To them, it's just nothing. Um, I don't know what the political implications of this decision is. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I, like I said, I'm shocked. I true because of what they've done with the Mexicans down at the border. It is surprising that they would uh, make this kind of determination and decision. Right. But we're happy for our Haitian right, folks. Right. Yes. You know what I mean. And we're happy for all the other folks, um, El Salvador, Honduras, but Nepal, again, and Nicaragua, and Sudan. Isn't it indicative of his behavior and who he's been? It's just all been? over the place. He Can't tell has me this always guy. been very erratic. He's always been with him. You never know. Yeah. Like you just you and never. He's got, he's got a dark guy like Stephen Miller who's coming up with these anti-immigration oh policies. Anyway, moving on. Next up, Jamaican officials' visas taken away. Mibamba. Jamaica's political officials this week braced for the cancellation of more American entry visas following the revocation of travel privileges of a cabinet minister, an opposition lawmaker, and several senior police officers in recent days. The cancellations have caused deep tensions in the hall of both government and the opposition, leading to widespread speculation as to the reasons behind the thinking of the Trump administration. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, 
I don't know why that's happening. I mean, do we know why anything is happening? Yeah, this is one of those. <laughs> it's situations. the Trump administration. This is the like... Trump administration, but you know, this is typical pressure might be being applied um, to Jamaica for something, right. right? There's always things going on behind closed doors, policies yeah. that, and just to realize that we're in a geopolitical climate, so right. there could be something that we don't know about that the United States is trying to pressure. Now, we do know about this whole, you know, our president is now being impeached and it's because he's been trying to put pressure on the ukraine to uh, find out dirt on joe biden's son hunter biden so we know that the trump administration is capable of doing these types of things tactics yeah these tactics are being used so they withheld you know government aid that was already situated for ukraine already passed by congress and just basically so that they can have some leverage. leverage. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. So this just sounds like what it is. But that's it, guys, for our home and abroad segment. Just to let you know, our sources come from Caribbean Life News. So basically take a look at Caribbean Life News if you want to get more additional information and read more about these interesting topics. Okay, so now we're moving into our next segment which is our citizenship check-in. <laughs> yes. So, for the update on the challenge, if you recall from episode one, and if you did not listen to episode one yet, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode one so you can know what we're talking about because this will be an ongoing thing until it's complete. So, citizen check-in. After we had the first episode, Uh we went, we did some research, we did our due diligence, we found out how to go about obtaining our Jamaican citizenship. And uh, what the first thing I found out is that the site wasn't working for about three weeks. <laughs> Sounds typical. For about three weeks, the website was not working. Uh, fortunately, the website is now up, and it is the pika.gov so for anyone else who is a a u.s uh first generation american jamaican like myself and you're interested in procuring your dual citizenship yes you are um it is your birthright to go and have uh, your jamaican citizenship uh you want to visit pika p-i-c-a.gov dot j-m so the first thing we need is a list right so i made a list Once I realized I was qualified, you have to start the process of collecting the documents. So I don't know about you, but collecting anything from Mama Jerk Sauce is a job in and of itself. No no shade to Mm -hmm. to Mama Jerk Sauce. I love her. Um, So some of the things that we need, right? You have to get your birth certificate. Do you have yours? I don't have mine um, from from JA, no. No, no, no. Oh, well, you have to to to, get it. I have to get it. I think I, I do know... Mama Mansa has it, so I'm gonna have to check in with her. But that's that's a whole day. That's yeah, whole yeah, day. and and I know you know she's probably got it laminated too. What? Wait, what? She probably got everything laminated. What? I know my my, my mother's like that. She want to keep them documents probably hidden underneath the bed you somewhere. Know what? Or, she's or, smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it walked that kitchen. Right, exactly, exactly. Because you know, in hurricane, the one of the things too, like people don't realize with documentation, yeah, especially if you're in the islands, you have to be able to protect those things because that's big out there. Your ID, everything else like that. So. 
it, it, I think it was a common practice for people to get things laminated that were oh. super important mm. and then, you know, find a way to make sure it's protected just in case you went through a natural disaster, hurricane, right. you don't want anything to destroy your documents. But even um, up here, procuring a lockbox, right? So, mm. yes, laminating is great. Uh, if you don't have all of your documents in one place. Right. Right? Uh -huh. And I know that's not... Emergency preparedness on a whole, and actually we can do a show about that, is not really common practice amongst African-Americans, period. I've, uh -huh. I've met a few, a handful of people who do more than just get flashlights and candles uh, to prepare mm -hmm. and the the sad part is that they always prepare in the season and not before the season right why are all of the emergency preparedness workshops that are offered at your local community centers during like at the end of September um hello hurricane season starts August right right like August my G. like you you should have been mm -hmm. the time to go and and clear out the supermarkets for water is not the day before it's supposed to hit. It's true. true. So just, you know, just, again, helping shift the mindset mm -hmm. uh, of mm -hmm. our community. Definitely. Um, okay, so back to our check-in, right? So gathering the important documents. Mm -hmm. I have to go get my birth certificate. If you don't have your birth certificate, you have to go to your city hall, wherever that is, wherever you reside, and go to the... There is a records office. Mm -hmm. They keep death certificates, birth certificates, ma marriage certificates as well. Right. And I believe for a small fee of $10, you know they charge everything. Yeah, you gotta get, They'll yeah. give you a copy. Gotta pay Uncle Sam. Okay. Also, you're going to need, we are going to need our mother and or father's birth certificate or certif certification of adoption issued by the Registrar General of Jamaica. So again, now that we've completed step one, which is finding the site and mm -hmm. finding the steps, we gotta go and, and, and uh, corral our parents and procure the documents. Right, right, so that definitely need to do that. I actually recently just got my taxpayer registration number mm -hmm. um, in the mail, super happy about it. Sent a, a, a copy of it over to my mom who basically commented, now you're a real Jamaican. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that was the kind. I was like, well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you accepting me um, wow. as your Yo, fellow. Yeah, my said don't cut no, <laughs> cut no cutters with no, you. None, none, none. But, you know, uh, that was great <laughs> because now I can, can kind of conduct business right. in the country. Um, currently, right now, they're transferring some land to me. So be able to, I have to have that number just for them to be able to do that transfer. Cool. It's great to have land, but with citizenship, you can vote, mm -hmm. which ties into what we're talking about today. Um, for sure. For sure. Know, before we, I don't want to jump ahead into our talking points, but, you know, if you get your citizenship, mm -hmm. you will then have the right to vote. Of course. And that's, that's the exciting part about it is being able to now not only... Uh, get into the country and do business, but also be able to make some decisions um, to help kind mm -hmm. of turn, figure out where the direction of Jamaica should be. Right. Um, and this is the reason why we're doing what we're doing, too. So, you know, what else is uh, 
pop it up on our citizen check -in. you're gonna need two or we're gonna need two passport size photos and if you have AAA you can get those photos for free you can get passport photos mm -hmm. so I already have so no need to cheat but I already have my passport photos so I'm gonna check that off the list Good. Good. one last thing one but last thing corralling mama jerk sauce and fada jerk sauce to get anything from them yeah that's gonna be like a three-month process <laughs> which is probably why i said you know what let's make this a year yeah because i yeah. know i'm gonna have to get stuff from my folks and i was like right ah. and my parents are out of town so this is gonna even be tougher because you know now it, fax machines will just basically be the oh, obstacle to you getting everything so i'm thinking i'm supposed to travel down there um in in December. Okay. So I might just make sure to say, look, just have it ready for me. I'll take care of Yo, it from there. Facts. In you an know? envelope. Yeah, just, sealed. Yeah, just have it ready. I'll I'll take care of everything else from there. I'll I'll make sure to get a copy to myself. I'm gonna see if I can coax mama jerk sauce before I start seasoning the meat. Right, that's right. That's how you that? do it. That's how we do it. So that's where we are. Um, step one, we found the website and the steps. Step two, we have a list. Um, nothing, it, it doesn't exist if it's not written down and if it's not, you know, somewhere written down on a calendar step by step. Uh, I tend to be a task master of sorts. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what I will do for us is create this grand checklist uh, on Google and right. we will have a shared file so I can track where you are by next episode. Right, we should have something. We should have something. Yeah, we should have something. So, and also, you know, what we're going to do too is gather this information and we'll have these steps that we're taking also on our Instagram page. Yes. And uh, what's our Instagram page once again? What happened to your accent? You can find us on the gram yes. right there. Type it in and look us up and definitely we'll have some information up there for you guys in terms of our citizen check-in. And then also this is only for uh this is also only for a JA, but there are gonna be other ones that we kind of help you guys figure out too. So for other islands, just know we have to do it for ourselves first. Right. But we're also gonna be providing information for other islands as well. So we're taking it one step at a time. So We'd love to interact with our listeners, so definitely hit us up on the gram and let us know where, what other countries you'd be interested in getting your dual citizenship and what other countries you'd like us to, you know, find out what that process is. Definitely, definitely. Sweet. And that is it for our citizenship check-in. All right, moving on to our... Topic of the day, Caribbean Americans and civic engagement. Now, this is a real, it's something that's very dear to my heart. Um, the importance of civic, engage, if civic engagement for Caribbeans is an interesting topic, especially when we're talking about us being Caribbeans and also citizens of the U.S. Now, as, as we talked about before, earlier this week, and you guys are going to be getting the episode a little later, um, but there were some elections, state and for local municipalities as well. But we really wanted to focus in on just how important it is to be civically engaged. It's one of the most important rights you have as a citizen here of the U.S. And unfortunately, many people don't really take that on, right? And But it's an opportunity for you to what? Choose a leader, representative. Yeah. Um, we're going to do important things for you. It matters. Something, uh, e local elections, I, I talk, we talked about that a little earlier. It matters 
for the simplest of things, whether or not your roads are going to get paved before it snows. Uh-huh. You know, how how is your trash going to get picked up? Right. What days what days are your trash going to get picked up? Right. Like simple things. And civic engagement, just to kind of take a step back here, it doesn't only mean just voting, but voting is a very important part and actually, you know, part of civic engagement. And so people just have to understand it's also being a, a good stewardess of steward of your steward or stewardess of your community. So that means you are actually doing things maybe like volunteering, being part of let's say your local PTA, being mm-hmm. just being involved in Even your community. School board as a budgets. Whole. School board budgets, showing up to community board meetings. Right. I'll take it even a step further. Um, well, community board meetings, your city council city meetings, council your meetings. local city council meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you. I have a small story. Sure. Jerk sauce always has a story. Oh, that's a wonderful. We love stories here. <laughs> we love them. So a couple of years ago, I was volunteering at a local community center after school type of situation, and. I, walk, I just popped in one day to powwow with the coordinator because I would always go in and offer some sort of, um, you know, health promotion type programming for her kids. And, you know, she said to me there was a shooting across the street earlier today. There was a shooting last week. The kids are so scared. You know, it happened around the time when the kids were coming in and... You know, I don't know what to do. The city recently removed our foot patrol. They said that there wasn't enough money anymore in the budget to cover them policing and, you know, patrolling the area while the kids were here in session with us. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, oh, my goodness, that's so disgusting. You know, I went off. You know, I was very upset. And so I said, no, this is absolutely absurd. This is what we're going to do. And I ended up, uh, you know, giving her the steps because she had never attended. uh, uh, What are they called again? I'm sorry. Uh, They never attended. A community board uh, meeting. Thank you. A community Mm -hmm. board meeting, a city council meeting. So Uh I told her, I said, you get every parent who has a child that comes to this facility to call on this day before this time put their name on the list and you know give their address right because you right. have to prove that you're a resident mm-hmm. of the city and 30 people called the kids made signs and protested the kids the, mm-hmm. when i say kids i mean these children were anywhere from ages five the youngest was five mm-hmm. to maybe ten made posters, protested all the way to City Hall. And the end result, some of the kids spoke, I spoke, some of the parents spoke, some of the um, other residents who were you know, engaged and mobilized spoke. And the end result was that the mayor himself, who was not scheduled to attend that meeting, ended up attending the meeting because he heard someone you know, messaged him and said, hey, you might want to get back here. We have a ton of kids at the meeting. And after he listened to everyone speak, he, out of his own mouth, said, we are going to reinstate, we'll find the money to pay for the officers' times or their overtime to patrol this area because we want to, we want to let you kids know that you are important to us, your city cares about you, and we want to provide for you. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Yeah. That simple action of just showing up, stating your case, stating your piece. Now, granted, things 
don't always usually happen that way, right? That was like some sort of utopia uh -huh. vortex that I had opened up. Oh, yeah, right, right. It's <laughs> but, a really good Hallmark movie. Uh, right. You know? Uh, but for me, the important part was that the kids took this on. The kids were able to see their government in action. They were able to exercise their rights. They were able to use their voice. Mm -hmm. They showed up. Right. And a lot of the times we lose out because we don't show up. And I think that's amazing to like, first of all, amazing story, right? Um, if you should definitely- Political to, utopia, to, to, thank right, you. No, no, let's we'll call it, you know, this is a Hallmark movie called like Jerk Sauce and the Kids or something <laughs> like that. Jerk Sauce, jer jerk Sauce Kids or something like that. And an amazing story. But just to note, I think one of the things that when you were telling your story is that people, first of all, need to be informed. Yeah. But then also as Caribbeans, thinking it from that perspective, one of the things that people are most worried about with your Caribbeans are, first of all, do you have your papers? But, you know, honestly, that's a very valid issue. And, honestly, there yeah. are more pressing matters that some of us are living with. Right. And so I think this is a a layered conversation to say the least because I think you have a mixture of Caribbeans where you know their status is in question and so that's what they're focusing on because they even though that if they're working and they're on the books for a certain you know to a certain degree mm -hmm. they're paying into the system right. they don't have the rights as everyone else and what happens when you're a Caribbean in that situation focusing on just trying to get your immigration status okay to become a citizen then you transition to now having full citizenship. What happens next? What happens next? Dun, dun, dun. And so there, there's a, there's this, 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 it's, there are two things that are going on. One is, all right, I'm not even focused on being civically engaged because I'm just trying to make sure I don't get caught up in an ice raid or something like that. Right. Then the second thing is, when I do become a citizen, am I going to really? What does that mean outside, outside of I can work and pay taxes? Right. Exactly. What are you paying taxes for? Like even just the, the basic knowledge of what the are you paying your taxes for? Right. Every time me dropping a patrol, me want know what me I pay my tax for. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. And then you also folks need to understand you earned the right. You have to pay to become a citizen. Yes. You also had to take a test to become a citizen. Yes. Which at many times makes you more informed than the average American. And you have to buy a suit. All that. For God, the little thing there. Right. I did go my father something. I, you know, oh, I did was, you go to yours? Yeah, I was, I was fortunate um, enough to go. I think I was about 12 at the time. I was fortunate enough to go with my dad to his, what do they call it? Um, swearing, swearing in. Swearing in, right. Yeah. Uh -huh. And what's funny is that I didn't even know he was taking the, I didn't know my dad was a citizen. I had no, we did not discuss these things as a family. Uh -huh. And so, you know, one day my dad's like, oh, do you want to come with me, you know, to down to wherever? And I was like, okay. And my mom, you know, she was all excited. She couldn't make it. My dad was all excited and nervous. And, you know, they put me in that church dress and tie up me here at the, you know, everything. And it was a big deal. And then yeah. when my dad finally explained everything to me. I was like, well, why the why didn't why aren't we having these conversations? I mean, of course, at twelve, I wasn't really that concerned, but right now, it's important. I was speaking with um, 
someone that I know that I'm relative, you know, someone that I know um, recently and, you know, she was, ex she finally shared with me that she told her daughter what's going on in terms of what ICE raids are and immigration and what that means and how that impacts their family and what that means to them and and how that translates and all of the potential mm -hmm. things that could happen. And so I said to her, I said, I'm happy that you had that conversation with her because keeping her in the dark, I think God forbid anything were to happen, you know, by her not knowing, you know, she would, she she wouldn't know how to. Not to say that it won't have an impact; it definitely will. Mm -hmm. But there'd be some level of understanding as to what's going on, and that may even in turn impact how she feels about politics and her engagement in this system. Right. You right. know, in the yeah, future. Yeah, and there, there goes your emergency preparedness thing too, because not only. That if somebody gets caught up in an ice raid, what happens next? And so that's like there, a new level that needs to be added to the list of hurricanes, right? And and blizzards and floods. business for all Caribbean folks, all immigrants need to have one for that. Um, I and I think you're right. You know, um, great story. I think I, I what, what happened with me. I got sworn in when I was in college. Oh. Yeah, so um, Soka J was with me too. Shout we out went, to Soka J. He was with you for a lot of your first. Son. Yeah, yeah, I was out. Um, we went to college. I was my my roommate. Best if you don't friend, know by brother. now, Soka J. Ha is the um, the standard guest on. Standard guest, yes. <laughs> standard guest on Fet Talk. <laughs> standard guest. Let's say that. Let's say that. And you know, but he, you know, we went down. I think we're um, Hudson Valley Community College. Okay. Um, hosted the uh, ceremony and uh, came in my suit. I had to take a test and go through the regular process like everybody else. And I got sworn in. It was a good, a good ceremony. Um, I was amongst maybe 40, 50 other people at the time. And it was a significant moment. And I still have my laminated citizenship thing here. Of course, like, it's laminated. I, I, it's laminated. It's t I took pictures. I don't have it scanned three or four times. You have it in your it's phone. It's in four yeah, or five. It's now your phone. Right. You heard about that Jamaican guy that was held up at the uh, and they thought he had um instead of it was honey, but they thought it was like opium or something. I can't deal. And they had him locked up. Ice had him locked up for a little bit. No, that's a good. That's a important story. But anyway, just to to say the least, like you know, that's why. You know, as a Caribbean, especially those who actually earned, like, they had to, have to pay for it. They weren't born yeah. here. Yeah, exercise your exercise right. You paid your right. for you it. paid for it. But some people are very agnostic to the whole thing mm -hmm. because they feel as if nothing... Comes of it. Comes of it. Right. And I think that's the, the, the mentality that a lot of people take when it comes to being part of the, this whole system. They they think that the United States is corrupt anyway. And, I mean... And I mean... It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, if we're splitting hairs, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, dot, dot, dot. But um, I, for me, when it comes, I'm more of a skeptic to the system on a federal level right. than I am with local level. And as we were discussing before, local level, you can see those impacts right away. Right. Yes, though, I still I agree with your earlier point, which was when certain federal bills 
were changed and, mm-hmm. and passed. We felt, I felt that right. I mean, I didn't yeah. feel it the next day, but I felt it tax mm-hmm. time. You know, I definitely right. felt those bills. But local level and state level elections, I, I just, you know, they those hold a lot important. of weight. And I think what happens is we don't have enough education um, around this. And that's, that's it, it's not only just for Caribbean immigrants, um, or Caribbeans who are living as second or third generation, it's also important for all you folks here in the United States, all citizens, there is a lack of real education that happens around what it is to go out there and be civically engaged, mm-hmm. especially participating in voting. Mm-hmm. No one knows all the processes. That it only that happens it during certain months. So, and but mm-hmm. I don't ever get to see them. And so, like, what happens here is, I, like, for instance, you might get something in the mail, mm-hmm. and it's rare that a local politician is teaching you how to be involved more. It's some places it I, I could see it, but others, and I'm only speaking from I'm here in Crown Heights, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, you know, one of my legislators years ago used to be right across the street from where I was at. I was on Union Street. Her office was right there across the street, Assemblywoman. And um, I don't think there was like all these different programs that came in to talk to us about, all right, here's how you go about addressing these issues. If it, People would say, come in and talk to me, right? And that's kind of the simple way of, 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 of kind of telling somebody, hey, I can help you with something. But just to know what it is, like, all right, so if there's an issue, let's say, for instance, there's a light that we want to, or we want to put up a sign somewhere. How do I go about doing that? You know, how do I get involved? Is it just, so, but I think the first step might be just to show up. Here's the thing, and you alluded to this earlier, that people in general have so many competing needs. Mm -hmm. Even me, let me speak for myself. I don't think I am as civically involved on a continuous basis unless it's happening in my front yard. Then the alarms, the bells, you know, it's like it's the it's like you're not paying attention to the the wafting smoke. But as soon as you see the flame, you're like, oh, shit, I got to do something. You know, something has to be done. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate. Yes. And I'm not making an excuse for myself. But again, when I have other issues like, oh, I got to pay this bill. Oh, is there enough money in the account? Let me. Oh, they got to. Oh, you know. I think just in general, we as a people or society, period, we've become so busy. We got so much shit going on around us that things like civic engagement, unless it's during an election year, it's it's wallpaper. Right, right. Um, And it's not. It really is important. And. And also, politics is life. Politics is life, yes, because there's politics and everything. I used to subscribe to the the notion of, oh, I don't really like politics. I don't involve myself in politics. But when I found out that there was politics in church, there's politics in school, politics everywhere. there's politics in everywhere, down mm-hmm. to... Damn it, the decisions that you make in terms of, you know, what you're going to buy or where you're going to shop for groceries and buy gas and like little things. Um, You know, politics is is salt. And I ever did. It's everything. And one one great story that I could share is I went to one of my first community board meetings out in Far Rock. And when I went out there, they were making a decision on how high to build a sidewalk. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it was those small details yep. that you don't even acknowledge or would even know about yep. that they were deciding on in the middle of the meeting too. They were deciding on where they were going to build this condominium. And so oh man there was this big outrage because somebody stood up in the meeting a community member and called out one of the board members to say they had a relationship with the person that was out here putting in the bid for that it to get licensed to do that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh man, like this was, it was, I mean, the drama was real. Yo, community board meetings get really oh colorful gosh. really quickly. And, and it, it don't just be the old church ladies that, nah, that, fam. That, that go out the bingo that be dead either. I mean, a lot of them are, like on a lot of you, a lot of them are the old. But it's funny because it seems like those are our community guardians now. The elderly, our seniors have become our community guardians yeah. uh, in a world that, I feel doesn't value the community as much anymore, which is unfortunate. Because communities have transferred from just the locale to online. And I think a lot of times there are are these digital advocacy um, creates these kind of virtual communities. And people, I think, sometimes think that just because you're part of a digital kind of advocacy campaign that you shouldn't be going to community you don't have to go to community meetings now mm-hmm. it's a very easy and convenient way to be involved in certain things mm-hmm. but it does not ever take over going in person in real life in yeah. real life like there's nothing like all right you could have virtual games and all that until you actually go out there and do something it's a whole it's a very very different so for yeah yeah um there was a comment that you made earlier that I wanted to just double back to, but you were in the middle of telling a story. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. What I'm saying here is that meeting itself mm-hmm. was just eye-opening because it showed that politics is part of every fabric of our life. So when people say, oh, I don't get involved in politics, my friend, you're not choice. involved in your life. Like, politics is involved with you. Yes. You may not be involved <laughs> with politics, but it sure as hell is involving you. Yes. And if you don't want to, if you, you lose out on your opportunity to control your destiny to a certain extent if you're not involved. Question. So do you think Caribbean people, and when I say Caribbean people, I'm specifically referring to older generation Caribbean people, are more focused on, I came to this country to work, create, create, you know, build up a life, create a life for myself, my family, Mm -hmm. and I'm going back home. And do you feel as if the disconnect could possibly be that because they're so focused on going back home that they don't even want to get too involved here. Like why get, I don't want to get too involved, right? I'm not staying long. I'll go come, I'll go work. Look at money, collect my pension and go back on my yard. I'm building up a house at home. I'm doing this, that, and that, and that at home. So much so that they fail to um, be present and be engaged while they're here. Yes, I think that was the initial plan. And uh, you shared uh, a few times with me about, you know, your father, his initial plan was to go back home. Yes, Daddy Jerk Sauce was not about staying here at all. Right, and now it's different. Mm -hmm. And I think no one took into account that things change Mm -hmm. in your own country and you become part of this country. It's time, it's time. But I wonder, sorry to to cut you off, but I wonder if those... Um, so you have your citizenship, you have dual citizenship now, right? Do they, do they vote back home? I'm not too sure. 
I, I would. I I'm would, gonna ask. I would. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I, would, I think I would be really good to find out. Are they engaged civically back? Back at home. At home. But I think here, though, what happens is at a later age, they begin to want to become more civically engaged because mm-hmm. they're starting to realize, damn, I have a life here. Mm-hmm. And also, when you have children in this country. Inevitably, the children have to start to to deal with that. Right. And so we're the generation now, the Caribbean millennials, that are dealing with that and understanding that, yes, we have to be civically engaged here because we're in a world, and we this has always been the case, but now it's more evident, of course, with the advent of the Internet and us being able to communicate now that this is a geopolitical climate that we're in. It's just not, you can't just be in one country and just you're not impacted by other things that are going on across the world. Right. So this is a, a much more of a complex system that we're dealing with, and we understand that we have to be engaged not only to help our situation here within the U.S., but to potentially be able to benefit yeah. you know, our, our Caribbean nations back home. You know, so it's it's one of those uh, interesting things seeing the transition of your my my parents who I believe, like you said, mm-hmm. came up here with the intention of going back home mm-hmm. one day, so they didn't feel like I need to be all invested in this for what you know. But now later on, my my my, my mom's talking to me about you know Elizabeth Warren and, yeah. and 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 talking about Trump and everything else like that. Now they're much more engaged and. Oh, my mother watches CNN like it's a soap opera now. Yeah. And it's a, and before, a bad station, too. It's a bad I mean, station. are any of them... Independent I mean, media is... If I, we're splitting hairs. I, I, no, you know, no, seriously, like CNN, NBC, CBS, I don't trust any one of them. What about Fox? Fox? <laughs> that's not a news channel. I don't know. That's entertainment. That's... Um, I, independent media is one of the most important things that I, I listen to. Mm-hmm. And, of course, just to share personally with folks, I'm a progressive. I believe in progressive policies and agendas. And what I hear in many of the CNN, um, NBC, CBS is what we would call, like, establishment thinking. Mm-hmm. Right? It's always from the spin of status quo. Whereas I'm looking for deep change when it comes to climate. Do you, but do you, but do you think you're going to get that from... Either of these long-standing established entities. No, that's why I listen to things like uh, people like the Young Turks. Mm-hmm. I, I would listen to them. Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera. Yeah, that's Another also one. okay. Um, there are also people who are on YouTube that do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Kyle Zelinsky, I believe, is one of those folks. Um, I listen to the Majority Report with Sam Cedar. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a host of different, I think, progressive folks that I kind of get my news from. But I also listen to the BBC, which is much, yeah. much more of a you know neutral way yeah. of delivering news that's mm-hmm. going on in the country, mm-hmm. um, and I understand that I have a particular bias, and I'm open to that. You know, I'm just one of the millennials that don't really care to hear from a lot of boomers about what's going on currently. Right, because um, you can't continue to do the same old shit. Yeah. With the same old politics. Right. And expect change right and progressives and the majority of younger folks are progressives yeah. right um, they've done polls on this showing that the older generation um, the younger generation is very progressive in the way they think and they're very engaged and very engaged mm-hmm. and, and because of this presidency uh, this administration we've seen a lot more people paying attention to politics um, even more so if there is something good that ever has ever come out from the Trump administration I agree is this that more eyes are being 
based on politics. If I haven't said this on the podcast before, the only good thing that came out of the uh, 2016 election was that it stirred all of the shit that was settled at the pot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It brought it up to the that surface racism was so on the you bottom could of that soup. see it. Yeah. Okay? It's mm-hmm. in your face now. You cannot ignore the shit that was settled because yeah. it was years and years. And that's all. And then also he made people who wouldn't normally pay attention and engage pay attention yeah. and engage. Yeah. There's a conversation. People are watching now. People are engaged. Um, people are... And so, okay, even shifting off of the Trump administration... People are now engaged in other things, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, I know there's been a petition going around um, Ryan Friedman, the gentleman who's Mm -hmm. in jail, who's scheduled to be executed executed on Mm -hmm. November 20th. His story is coming to light, and you see more activism going on. People want to engage. They want to not only lend a voice, but they want to help. Yeah, it's it's amazing, but I think there's a certain level of urgency now. People see it from a place of urgency, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really what has led to this new renowned. Like, but I can't even call it renewed. I think it's definitely new that so many young folks are engaged. Police shootings, you know. I mean, Um, you're talking about. uh, the kids getting shot. So the the the, the kids at the, the high school shootings as well. Yes. I mean, gun control what is about, a big um, issue. What NYPD last week in the in the station in the train station? Mm-hmm. Uh, the police officer, I believe, he assaulted a young man. Right. There was a young lady who was assaulted by an officer in the classroom. I believe. Also, right. there was right. another there news was another story one like that. Yeah. Like what the fuck? It's a lot of things. But these dot, are dot, all. Dot. All things are coming up, right? These are all the issues that we know to be. It's a like problem. America just take one laxative. Yeah, in 2016. I knew it was going to be a crazy four years when I came into work after the election and white women were huddled in there. Were they crying? Yes. White women tears were flowing that day. And they were mad at themselves, mm, you know? They so they, should be. They were like, oh, my God, I can't believe, why would we do this to each other? I can't believe, because it had just come out that 50-something percent of white women voted Vote for Trump. Them. Yeah. And this was to let people know, because I think sometimes there's this, like, oh, white women are part of our struggle. They are not. And so... Not all of them. Yeah. And I just want to just know that <laughs> that election itself just showed you yep. where it stands. It so brought the ever, shit to the front. You know, so just to just to note these kind of things, you know. But I want to just uh, swing the conversation to talking about some real Caribbean diaspora issues that mm-hmm. people should be paying attention to, um, that we should be talking about, and that we should be engaging politically with other folks around trying to address these issues. Number one, Caribbean community and the U.S. Census for 2020. Now, uh, as everyone should know, it's mandated by the U.S. Constitution that every decade there's a count of the population. And the U.S. Census really is trying to count every resident in the U.S. And, you know, the data collected by the census determines a couple of things, right? Um, you can take a look at it here. It says participating in census is every, everyone's best interest because the information in the form is used by decision makers to determine which communities, schools, hospitals, and roads need federal funding. Yep. Allocation uh, of monies. That's yeah. big. Dollars 
um, also just for population, yeah. you know, Density. information, right? Um, you know, some of the things that census can actually do, we talked a little bit about it, community programs and services, mm-hmm. education programs, housing and community developments, healthcare services, yeah. job training, um, the community census, organizations. The use. census is very beneficial. Yeah, social How, service programs, However, action I feel projects. It, it has a stigma. There's a stigma. Right, well, let's talk about the issue that Trump... Do you, do, okay, so... Do you think the 2020 census is going to be vastly, um, there's going to, it's it's going to be, what is the word I'm looking for? There's okay. going to be a lot of inaccuracies or under-reporting. That's the word I'm under-reporting looking for. Under-reporting for sure. Well, they've yeah. already muddied the water. So for, right. for our listeners, just note, I think everyone, if you're engaged in some way, shape, or form or watching TV, um, or especially CNN, you would have known that Trump and his cronies here tried to throw a citizenship question onto the U.S. Census. That is not the purpose of the census. It's not to be tracking citizens. It's to nope. be just a count of how many people are in a country. And that's what it's for. And so they were unsuccessful because they actually found out that there was a big Republican plot. The, the daughter of one of the, the Republican person who was pushing this, the guy died. She found his files. Just tell you how progressive the, like the, the, the younger young folks are. are. Yeah. She, she found the files and was like, oh my God, what a up. crazy pl- plot. My, my father was trying to take the undertaking that my father was gave involved in up. and gave it to the, to the media Good. to just to show that there was some, they had discussed this before. This was a strategy they were going to use wow. to ensure so, that. To get, yeah. My uh, immigration immigrants, excuse me, weren't going to be jumping onto the census. They were going to avoid it. So they were going to. This is really also when it comes to House of Representatives. Yeah. How many reps you get in a particular state? Yeah, which counts in the federal election. Come on now. So they, they, this was a whole big plot to throw things off. But for Caribbean Americans, and you know, it's really important. And for Caribbeans as a whole, if you're in this country in the Caribbean, definitely fill out the census. It's yes. really important for you to do that. And one of the things that people need to understand, too, is when they ask your race, you can put black, but there's also an opportunity now on that form to put where you're from originally. Yeah, just call it a day, put black. Just no, 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 no. but I, this is important because I, this has been um, issues that have been uh, being discussed with, uh, with the Caribbean um, caucuses in Washington. Right, it's representation. So they want to know how many how many countrymen are in an area, are and here. they can probably advocate for services. Yes, specific, specific to, to to Caribbean. So, or there may be a big federal grant specific for people of Guyanese descent or something you know, like whatever. that. Yeah. So put where you're from. So if you're, you get the census this year and it's coming in. Yeah. But also, you know what I'm interested, I'd be interested to see, um, maybe we could do a follow-up, uh, how census workers are treated. Because remember, they have to go, I wonder if they still follow the same system of going door to door you know, knocking, yeah. talking to people. Um, how how is everything else that's going on going to impact the work that they're trying to do? And is there any current education? Mm-hmm. Again, education is key. The more you know, so if you know these things, if you know that the census is not counting, you know, your citizenship, then 
will you be more um, willing to participate, open your door, and, mm-hmm. and be honest and report report honestly yeah. you know some houses have 30 people there's an awareness it, it, campaign that needs to happen because what what what, what republicans have consistently done is muddy the waters mm-hmm. and so there's always fear people are fearful that there's this agent at my door right coming into and they it, it could be ice it could be a raid if i give them the right information they'll be circling back and that's not the point of the whole census right. and so this is it's it's hard right i can see why it, this kind of misinformation does this level of damage because it definitely people are now feeling reluctant to open their doors to answer these very important questions which would impact like you said funding for a lot of different Resources. Something as simple as a playground. Yeah. Or rehabilitation of a playground. Mm-hmm. Or after school services, care, uh, education programming. Um, when you talked about healthcare services, you know, uh, potential grant funding for health programs, health education programs. Right. Something so. Um, simple and mm-hmm. and that's that's needed in certain mm-hmm. areas. They won't get it. Just a note: there's only ten questions. Only ten questions. <laughs> it's quick. It's quick. Only ten questions. Um, and I want to highlight once again: when they ask about race, put black. But you're Caribbean. Put where you're from. So if you're from Guyana, your your history's from Guyana. If you're mixed, put well, mixed. Put Guyanese. Beige or whatever, but make sure to be highlighting that because that's important. Mm-hmm. We need to accurate counts of Caribbeans here in this country. Mm-hmm. It's part of our way of getting political power and leverage. Because just note that as you become a citizen, your vote is going You're to be part important. Of the You're part of the system now. Sure your vote counts. Yes, you can get things done. Mm-hmm. You can create your own community. You can have your own little island experience in your own community. If you're able to do that, you you're from your reps all Hell, the way through. Look at um Chinatown. Come on. You can't find not one English nothing. nothing Even the signs on the building are written in characters. Right. Chinatown. It's, it's, it's in Mandarin or everything yeah. like that. Like you can uh, Cantonese. That's important to note. So we can create our own little Caribbean, your little Haiti, your little Guyana, you know what I mean, your little Jamaica. Any in your own area, you can do that and be make it a home away from home. And so fill out the census. Fill out the census. So one of those important things to take a look at. Um, now the next thing we're going to talk about is Chinese investments in Caribbean nations. <laughs> Um, this is a topic we're going to do separately, of course. Um, we're going to be reaching out to some experts to come in to have a very thorough discussion about this. But just to know that there is something, we are worried about this. <laughs> Bungie uh, did it, said it accurately. He looking for China, looking for China. So just to know what, what China has done. Um, in terms of Sri Lanka in 2017, the you know Sri Lanka had lagged in its debt payments for an ambitious Chinese fund uh, finance port project, and when they felt when they couldn't pay back the loans, they had to sign over the port for a 99 year lease. What? 99 year lease. 99. So that allowed China to gain control of a prime piece of their real estate. For like generations. Come on now. And it, it brought them, um, you know, of course, for shipping purposes and for projecting their military power 
China stuff is right there in their base in Sri Lanka. So this is things that are being replicated in America's own backyard. Now, also, China is reaching out to Port-au-Prince, mm. right, and trying to establish country-to-country ties with them if they don't play nice with Sri Lanka. Mm. Excuse me, Taiwan. Excuse me, Taiwan, the country of Taiwan, because uh, Haiti has relations with Taiwan, and in you know one of the few countries that it has like these trading relationships with, but wh- who would you go to have a better have a tr- better trade relationship with Taiwan or China? I'm gonna take my bet with Taiwan. You know, yeah, I know, I know, but like when you talk about on a global market, China, China is a huge yeah. market, so they're going to want to have trade relations. So this is what China does, and so we have to just be careful. There is a very deep conversation that needs to have. Happen, excuse we me, need to call in this. the experts. Well, we're calling in the experts to have that discussion. So let's, you know, but moving forward, that's one of the things that we as Caribbean folks, especially in the diaspora, we need to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, smart energy futures. So this is one of the big things, right? We've talked a little bit about environmentalism mm-hmm. um, before, but this is like important for us to know, right? If the environment is going to hell right now, and one of the biggest reasons, biggest like I think like things that happen here is that the Caribbean nations are hit most and are impacted most by environmental issues. So hurricanes. Yeah. We get the we get the most, right? Dominica. Yes. Earthquakes out in Haiti. Yes. Like at at magnitudes and scales that Come on. haven't been seen in decades. Decades. Right. So we, we know that uh, that our Caribbean nations are very, very vulnerable, extremely vulnerable. Um, they get hit first. Uh, they get hit first and they get the hardest hits. Come on. Look at Bahamas. This Bahamas. Past, um, hurricane season. Of course. And by the time it hits, you know, our coastlines, it's either died down sometimes, mm-hmm. not all the time. But I feel as if, you know, the U.S. has a better infrastructure uh, in place to handle the cleanup, handle the aftermath. Right. Whereas you have countries that have been decimated. Look at Barbuda. Yeah. There, Antigua and Barbuda, that was n- not even, was that last year or a year before last? That was like two years mm-hmm. ago. And, and I'm quite recovering. sure they're still recovering. Yeah, they are, and no one tell force is not within. It's not in the news cycle. The news it's cycle. out of the news cycle. So we're not Even Bahamas is still recovering. Yeah, and Bahamas is out of the news cycle. Right, and that was very recent. recent. That was a couple of months ago. That wasn't even and that the long ago. The country is struggling to rebuild. So I guess what we're saying here is there are other there are other important conversations to have about environmentalism. Yes. Then there's like smart energy options for our countries because um, so not a lot of our countries have oil, good oil reserves like Trinidad and Guyana. Right. Um, but many of our countries are just solely dependent on diesel and gas, and so. How do we actually now create, you know, other sustainable forms Forms of energy? energy, How can we lead in that sector? Because we have a lot of great, what, wind in the Caribbean. And so solar energy, sun is part of our our, our countries. We should be leading in that. We should be leading in that. It's such a great opportunity. So these conversations are happening. We want more Caribbeans to get involved. There's also opportunities for investments here. Um, and if we can really work to, you know, create programs here in the U.S. that will connect more with the Caribbean islands about kind of helping them move forward in like smart energies for the mm-hmm. future, 
That could be huge. It could be a moneymaker for our countries. Because all we are, a lot of our countries are dependent on what? Tourism. Yeah. Solely. Solely on tourism. And how can we find another industry where we can lead and we know that the future is heading in that direction? Right. You know, so these are some of the, I think, you know, issues that we, we as Caribbean diaspora folks should be taking up, paying attention to. Um, I think the, the gist of today's conversation is vote. If you're a Caribbean living here in the U.S. and you have your citizenship, get engaged, get involved in your community. Even if you're not interested in getting involved on a, a federal level, even at your local level, we go to your school local. board meetings. Mm-hmm. It's even, especially if you have children um, attending schools of course. where you live, you know? They, um, especially if the kid has a come, let's say your kid comes up and has an accent. <laughs> All of a sudden, they put your kid back immediately one grade. They used to they do still that. doing that? They, they used to. I don't know if they're still doing that. When I came up, that was probably one of the first things they would do is push you back a grade. And so, like, these kind of things is like... Meanwhile, meanwhile you, you your probably, kid's been doing 12th grade work since in the fourth grade. And they went fourth grade. Right. So... Because Caribbean, I, I do strongly believe, and I still believe this, that the education you receive in the Caribbean is... Way better. It surpasses the U.S. education system, mm-hmm. bar none. Mm-hmm. And so, just get engaged, get engaged, get involved. Um, we, I think, what we should be thinking about to hear jerk sauce is how do we actually create like one page or simple like six or seven steps to be civically engaged as a Caribbean. And it might be interesting for us to develop a resource like that. Something very simple. Well, tips or suggestions that yep. you can do on your local at the local level, you know how to register to vote. Step one: find out who know, your mayor is. How to find out who your mayor? Who find your out council, who your city council members. members so are. you can run down on your city council members as well. Oh, uh, all day, every day. <laughs> they work for you. Right. And that was something that I had to understand, and I didn't understand that unfortunately until. I had to do something for work that involved um, engaging my community stakeholders, which, you know, Mm -hmm. your local legislature is a part of that. Right, right. Um, You know, someone had to say to me, well, remember, when you go in there, make sure you hold your posture. They work for you. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a big difference. So remember that. It's a power dynamic. I think people will hear honorable this and honorable that, and all of a sudden they want to just automatically bow. And... When they send home, this is the point I wanted to make earlier. People can choose to be involved or tune out. Yes, they can. I think politicians can do a little bit of a better job um, promoting year-round what they're doing. They're, they're, they do have websites online that you can mm-hmm. go and look and see what they've been doing. They're out in the public eye. They're not really behind closed doors. They send leaflets to the house. You know, do your due diligence as a as a resident to follow up on someone's platform. You know, right. stop voting for the assemblyman because he's been in office for three decades. Right. It, maybe it's time for him to get the f out. There's this one. I never never forget. It. I was I was working um somewhere and I had to go meet my local um, assemblyman. And I had a meeting with him and I was just like, yo, this guy's an asshole. Like he's a jerk. So. As I did more research on him, because I did my research on him before going into the meeting, mm-hmm. 
I was like, oh, I don't really agree with any of the shit that you are into. Oh, okay, great. So like, and, and when election time came around, I said, oh, okay, this asshole, like, I'm, I, oh, I don't have to vote for you. Right. Oh, okay, let me exercise my right. Yeah. I've been paying attention, mm-hmm. you know. So they'll, they'll, we need to get out of the habit of just voting for people because that's who's been in power recognition. for so long. Mm-hmm. We don't know anybody else, and also. Another thing I noticed in this recent election, there were names on the ballot for other smaller things like comptroller, and that actually that's not small, that's huge. Uh, judge, county judge, that shit is important. Right, right. And I th- that that's the thing. It's it starts with education and awareness, and then I think it can move to a level of engagement. So we can start off with folks just simply understanding how to sign up to vote, where to find the information, suggestions of going to see your these people. And why? And why you why should, should be doing it. Why? I think uh, creating a, like a one pager or something might be useful. And this is something we can share and across the board. Mm-hmm. Just to give to anyone to say, uh, look, here's what you should be doing. Once you get your citizenship as a Caribbean, here's the... T- these are the 10 things you should do right after you get right. it. Right. Need to know. Put your money to good use. Right. You, you pay, pay it. You, that's, my thing yeah, is you, you pay, pay for it. Especially when you pay for it. Yo, you pay for it, man. And you, you earned it. your right. You've been here scrubbing toilet and all them things and following up behind the people and, and taking care of them picnic and all them <laughs> things. And now you have the right to do what you want to do. Make sure you say it gets involved. Yeah. You know? So that's something of a project that I think I'm willing to take on. Um, and I will, I'm going to be working on that over the course of the next several months to come up with something of a comp, like just a nice little one page. resource guide. Yeah, I mean, just say, hey, look, just something simple too, maybe 10 or 15 steps that you should do if you, to get involved, to get civically engaged. If you, our listeners, have any suggestions, please feel free, reach out, hit us up on the gram. Mm-hmm. Leave your suggestion in our DM. Definitely. What, what did you do? What do you think it's important to do? Mm-hmm. And what are some of the issues that we missed out in talking about today? that might be important for Caribbean Americans, Caribbean diaspora to be talking about. All right. So that's it for us here. Um, is there anything else that we got to talk about today? We hope you voted and start <laughs> paying attention because listen, election 2020 is it, boy. Yeah, look, if you if you <laughs> look, this is a time for voter fraud too. If you <laughs> You know, you know what we didn't talk about? We didn't mention voter suppression. Yeah, there's a lot of that happening. Um, whew, there's a lot of that there's happening. There's so much to talk about. There is a lot. And I think we definitely want to circle back to that, especially when, when of course, this 2020 election is coming back around. We'll, we'll circle back to this conversation, especially when we're going to be highlighting all the different candidates that are going up yeah. now, especially in the Democratic side of things. Shit. You know, there's a lot to discuss. What about the Green Party? The Green Party never gets any love. Oh. Uh, you know, you know. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I consider myself... I know myself we are blue state at all, I consider all, myself an independent. I, I, so, funny enough you said that. I am thinking about strongly considering changing my voter registration from what it is now, uh-huh. Democratic to Independent. Yeah, um, I, I definitely. I, the I'm more you know, dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I identify as Independent, and I'm. It's all about policy for me. And then when we, we're going to get into deep discussion about this, I think 
we have to, these are kind of maybe our foundational discussions about politics and civic engagement. It's season one. Yeah. And so, so season two might definitely involve some deeper dives into certain sections of of politics. How do we identify, um, how do you create an agenda uh, that everyone can get behind so you can take it to whoever is your um, representative and say, are you with these things? Like there are things that need to happen and discussions that need to be had around mm-hmm. this thing. Some mobilization. Yeah, man. Good old fashioned boots on the ground. On the ground. Yeah. Quote yeah. unquote. <laughs> and using and figuring out like who are the people that are for our communities and who aren't. Yeah. Because not all yeah. your skin folk or your kin folk. Yeah. You know, not everybody I'm, show up at the soca party. I'm tired. Stay at a fet. <laughs> Good point. I'm tired of um, the camp during uh, you know the season the campaigning season i'm tired of you know the guests showing up at church filling up all the seats oh my god and, and then you know what i'm tired of running them out i'm not going I'm and just, then, then then you see all the shenanigans that go on oh, once man. they get in office it's so foolishness man like kamala harris you know what i mean that's who is a hidden caribbean and also somebody who has horrible politics but we'll talk about that another time Watch your mouth. She's an HU alum. I hear you. Thank you. And I, I'm not, look, Be I, careful. I, I'm not saying you can't say nothing, yeah, but nah, watch but your mouth. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be real with you. Like, you know, I have one of the things that I realized with Kamala, what she's mm-hmm. done is she has shied away from her Caribbean heritage. Her father is a proud Jamaican. Okay. Um, he's written several articles in the Observer, Jamaican Observer. That's dope. I didn't um, know that. About Kamala Harris and how much of a Jamaican she actually really is and how she doesn't talk anything so about So shout out to, so identity. she's, we need a, we need sound effects. Y'all, we promise you season, before the season ends, we will get some sound effects in here. We need a burn, 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 burn. She is our hidden Caribbean of the day. Yeah. Go ahead. Kamala Harris. And um, she's also, I think, Southeast Asian. Also as well, I think her mother is Southeast Asian. That's a lot. Bring it back. Yeah. But she is, you know, her father's proud Jamaican. So, my thing to, for her is, you know, first of all, I didn't, you shy away from it. I've never heard you say anything about it so, at all. So we're, are we officially asking uh, Ms. Kamala Harris what happened to your accent? Yeah, what happened to your Jamaican, your Caribbean heritage? Because you talk about black America, and mm-hmm. we respect that because we're part of that experience. Right. But I want to hear about the trips you made down to JA and how that impacted you. And also, even though I don't believe in anything that you say or do in terms of your politics, I still would like to hear a little bit about uh, how that molded you and made you into the person you are today. Um, and via her father has said many times how many trips she's taken down there and how much, you know, he's kind of injected that into her. Mm-hmm. So it's just by willful, if you will, to ignore your Caribbean-ness and for political, I think, purposes. Maybe she feels that that... It's not necessarily going to help her political campaign uh, here. Well, her, a level of authenticity, I think, goes mm, a long way. Okay. And um, I think you'd be surprised how many people would might have respected that. I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen here in the political stage. But all I do know is, you know I mean? I mean, I agree with her policy-wise, mm-hmm. but I would have respected to hear a little bit more about that heritage that made you who you are today. Mm. You know? That's why we it, call them hidden Caribbeans. Right. It, well, it makes you... When you embrace your full authenticity mm-hmm. and all of the things that make 
are, are you know, the makings of you as an individual, mm-hmm. um, it adds to it. So, yeah, if you're shying away from it, and we're like, well, why, why would you, you know? That's my thing. I just want, oh, you know, that's all I want is people just to acknowledge, especially not that you were, let's say, a, a, a Caribbean person who was up here entire life and never go back home. Mm-hmm. You took trips. <laughs> you was there every summer. So what, 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 what? Wait, was she climbing the mango tree? Saying, might, might have, might, she had some scratches on her feet, I red dirt on the toe. Flying it down to get it. Come man. on, man. So, anyway. Wait, guys. does she have a bully beef cake? <laughs> That's what we need to ask. Yeah, you can't even take away her Caribbean car. We're taking her, her bully beef key away you know? from her, yo. For real, real, real. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us for our yes, second episode. Thank you. Caribbean Civic Engagement. All right. Look out for us soon. Follow us on our Instagram page. What happened to your accent? Type it in. On the Get gram. familiar. All right. Talk to you guys soon. All right. After century past, you would think we have at last learned to live in love and harmony. The great problem of the Negro for the last 500 years has been that of this unity. No one or no organization ever succeeded in uniting the Negro race. But within the last four years, the Universal Negro Movement Association has worked wonders in bringing together in one phone four million organized Negroes who are scattered in all parts of the world. Being in the 48 states of the American Union, all the West Indian Islands, and the countries of South and Central America and Africa. These four million people are working to convert the rest of the 400 million that are all over the world. And it is for this purpose that we are asking you to join our ranks and to do the best you can.